0: Sheep,
1: who he shoots me to drum, we JANG CHU BAR DU CHI DAG GI CHEN YEN GYI jola SU NANG GI JO LA DU CHI Sangye Chupar Sange Chudang Soki Choknama Chamchu Jang Bardu Dakni Kapsuchi Daki Dakhi Chanyen Ki Jola Penchir Sangye Chupar
2: in for meditation and just let all the tension go in your body starting at the crown of your head and scanning down no hurry. Spend extra time with your awareness on any area where there's more tightness or maybe you're sore anything like that to the feeling of the breath in the body. Just the whole body breathing. thoughts going by, just relax again, open the awareness, relax the grip on the thought. Naturally, that'll happen, no big deal. Once in a while, check in to see if you're holding more tension somewhere and let it go again. And going back to the awareness of the whole body breathing. distracted releasing the distraction relaxing back into open awareness For the last few moments, reviving interest in the breath, releasing distractions. dedication. Rock cookies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I got those tiny little apples at the co-op. No oh. I brought them to work. They're good, too. Do you remember? Well, maybe you weren't here. But Sarah brought them before, like, tiny little they're really cute. Like, they're teeny they're, like, tiny, tiny apples.
0: adorable miniature apples. <laughs> yes. Some of them are, like,
2: four if they're, like, like the bigger like, a small ones. Like,
0: mouse or something? It would be so cute.
2: It's really, they're really cute. And they're, I think they're the perfect size to have, like, a few of them. Because mm-hmm. I don't really like having a whole apple. It's, it's, like, too much for me. They're too sweet, I think. And
3: big. Like, a whole mm-hmm. size apple. It's, like, it can be a solid.
2: And they make them bigger and bigger these days, too. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, yeah, these ones are adorable. And they're only there in the winter for some reason. Okay. We are on class four, Perfecting Generosity, How to Become a Bodhisattva. And it's Wednesday, January 30th, 2019. Okay, what comes next?
3: Quiz well,
2: time. <laughs> yep. Jenny's <laughs> canceled.
4: I know, I heard my name on in the recording. Well, Jenny's not
1: here, so... <laughs> um, okay, so what's
2: the root text in Tibetan? Jang Chub Sempe Chupala Jukpa. Sempe Chupala Jukpa. And in Sanskrit? Remember what it starts circled? Yeah.
4: Bodhisattva Charya Avatar.
2: <laughs> Bodhisattva Charya Avatar. Yeah. And who is the spy? I'm I so know it's somebody other than Jenny knows this. <laughs> um Gelsu <laughs> okay. Chi Chihuahua. Wa- hi- wa- yeah. Kelsey
4: su- Chiwa.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, in um Tibet in Tibetan. In Tibetan? Um, okay, the commentary is by who? Yelso J. Mm-hmm. you remember his full monk's name?
0: J Dharma Rinchen.
2: Mm-hmm. And you kind of remember his dates. Yeah,
3: 1364. Uh-huh.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: 1432.
2: Yeah. It's hard to remember his dates because we don't really focus on him that much. Um, And what's the Tibetan for the commentary? pretty small. It's Gyalse... Really close. Gyalse... Gyalse... Nope. Yeah. Yeah. And it's entry point for children of the victorious Buddhists. Which is a code word for what it's not bad. Um something like it seems so much darker up here for some reason. I don't know why. Like it almost seems like this isn't on. I don't know. Anyways. Um So in Buddhism, like in a lot of things, the preparation time is almost more important than the actual thing. So you want your meditation to go well. And Geshe Michael talks about this a lot. I can't say that I really know a lot of people like this, but he talks about the middle-aged Dharma students who say that their meditation isn't going well. Or um actually, I know I mean I know people like that, but my I mean anyway. He talks because I was thinking he talks about the middle-aged Dharma students but like nothing's happening. I don't think you know anybody like that, but maybe if you're part of like a a lot bigger Dharma community, you know, and you see a lot of other students, then you might see more people like that. What do you think he refers to when Like when you're, you've been studying the Dharma for a while, and um, I kind of think of it as like, maybe like 10 or 15 years or something like that, that's what I would think of, yeah. Yeah, and so he talks about, normally if the meditation is not going well, the first question would be, are you doing your meditation? That's the first question. (laughs) You're doing it like once a week or something, then maybe that's why, you know, it's not really progressing. Um, But if it's not a lack of doing it, then it's often the preparation that you didn't set it up right. And for any of us who have done both ways, like meditated with the right preparations and without, you can really tell the difference. So we'll go over some of this tonight. Um, It's kind of like, oh, this girl that I work with, it's kind of like going to the gym all of a sudden and trying to bench press 200 pounds. And like, what happens? You definitely injure yourself. I think she was doing deadlifts and she, um, I don't even know what deadlifts are, but that's what she said she was doing. I don't even know what they are. But um, she hurt her back so bad, and she had like, I mean, like she had to like stop walking out to her car and like rest, and she was taking like medication and stuff. So it's kind of like that, um, <laughs> just like <laughs> not doing any preparation, jumping into it. You can, um, you know, you can injure yourself, but it just doesn't really end up that well. Like the results, not usually that great. Mm-hmm. If you set everything up perfectly, then the result tends to be a lot better. So, or like if you're trying to do some difficult dance without warming up, you'll probably pull something. But if all the causes and conditions come together, you cannot stop something from happening. So they debated this a lot in the monastery. If everything is ready, could any force in the universe prevent a seed from coming up or ripening? And bodhicitta is the same. You need to have special preparation, and to get it is very difficult to get bodhicitta. Maybe a few people alive at any given time have bodhicitta. So we have to understand the warm-up, and if we set up the causes, it will happen, and we cannot stop it from happening. But if the causes aren't there, then um, it's never going to happen. You have to have the causes there. You have to have the seeds in order for them to ripen. The first preliminary we talked about was, does anyone remember? Preliminary practice. We do them most classes, uh-huh, prostration. So that's the first preliminary, where you go down slow, you put your hands down flat, and you get up fast. Um, and that represents that you want higher birth, not lower. So the imp- it's important to practice prostration in your own home, too, when you're alone and nobody's around, because it's, it's a lot sweeter, you're not worried about going at a particular pace or what anybody else is doing, and there's not any other reason for doing it. You know, you're not doing it because other people are doing it, because you have to. Not that you have to, but... And if we don't practice it the way we were talking last week, where you're picturing this holy being in front of you, and how when you see the Holy Being, for the first time, you'll automatically drop down onto the floor and prostrate. It won't even, you won't even have to think about it. So if we're not thinking about it that way, we won't be able to do it, and it won't seem like fun. It'll, it'll be like an obligation. So it's this time that we can completely transform. I mean, all time in our life is like this, but with prostrations, we can completely transform it into something sacred, or it can be something completely meaningless. There's not like an inherent goodness. I mean, I don't know if there's too much or maybe there's a little bit, but you know, you could do it with a bad motivation. And then if we're doing it this way, sooner or later we'll stop doing it because we, we just won't understand or maybe we'll forget what we learned. But if we keep visualizing properly, then one day... That holy being will be there and we'll be ready because we practiced. And it'll, you know, it'll just be, we'll know how to do it, it'll just be completely automatic. So not to think that it's not an important thing. Master Shanti Deva says it's very important. Then the second thing we talked about last time. Does anyone remember what that one was? The The second one was taking refuge, partly because there's nothing else. Um, We can try other things and see if it works, but we've tried so many things in our life already, and they haven't worked. So this is something that addresses our problem of aging, sickness, and normal death. And if we find any other resource to go to for that problem... Um, then report back. (laughs) Let us know. So we don't take refuge to be calm or peaceful or to have um, a good marriage or a good partnership or any of those things. We take refuge because all the good in our life is going to dissolve, and our body will get sick and old, and it, it will happen. It's not when it happens I mean, it's not if it happens, it's when it's going to happen. So that's the reason for taking refuge, because we're putting some kind of hopes in this path that it's going to work for us, that it has the power to deliver what it says it can't deliver. And... Probably we don't know for sure if it's true, but at the same time, even even if, I mean, like the longer I study, I feel like I know more and more that it is true, but I don't really know for sure because I'm not at the goal. But even if it's not true, it's still creating a better and better life and Things are going more and more well, you know, like mentally, emotionally, just like life is a lot better. And I think it's, I think studying Buddhism is actually really fun too. Like it just, it makes, well, it gives life some meaning. Um, So even if for some reason it wasn't true, which I think it is, it's still better than just living some crappy life where we're just trying to get more and more stuff which is, I mean we're doing that too but you know like where there's no <laughs> sacred <laughs> <laughs> and then what was the third thing last time so it was prostration refuge and offerings yep so did anyone try offerings Oh, good. <laughs> How did it
1: feel?
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, good. How did it feel? At first, it felt... I didn't know. I mean, at first, it felt... Like-
4: He said this. Oh yeah, totally.
2: Flowers are like magical. I think. <laughs> Anyone else have any comments? Yeah. So, off- making offerings is really fun, and when you're making offerings, you can kind of feel it in your heart. There's, there is, there's just something like joyful about it. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe not if it's something that you. It, it can be challenging if it's something that you have. To, you feel like you have to bring or something, but when you're completely just choosing to bring an offering, there is there's something really joyful and kind of like, fun about it that's going on over there. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren's changing.
0: that like this back that was like running against. And so oh. when I tell sure it do that. Oh, okay. okay, good. <laughs> <It's> getting
3: comfortable.
0: <laughs> and the
2: offering, so there's different modes we can be in. And it's really fun to keep an eye out for offerings everywhere you go because mm-hmm. there's a lot of opportunities for us to shop, like, everywhere. Mm-hmm. So it's the difference between... Like, maybe you don't want to go shopping, but someone wants to go, and so you're going with them. And instead of thinking you're looking for something for yourself, I'm looking for something for this angel that's in my life, or, you know, my teacher, or whoever. So it makes it kind of fun. And even if you're just grocery shopping, just keeping an eye out and getting offerings when you're grocery shopping, too. And it doesn't have to be anything huge. It's just something that you think that... It feels right to offer. And you just pick that. And if you aren't into offerings or it feels stupid or not necessary, I don't think it's like a natural... I'm not sure if it's a naturally joyful thing for everybody. I think like all of us here like offering, but I'm not sure that everyone has that same inclination. So if it feels kind of like annoying or not necessary, like why do I need to buy flowers that are just going to die on the altar, or food that's going to go bad, or you know, like those sorts of things, then it just means that you don't believe that there's enlightened beings, and as it's one of the preliminaries to getting bodhicitta, um, then you're not going to achieve bodhicitta either. And you, you kind of, you, I mean, there's different, different students have different um, strengths. So maybe some people think it's really important to study or really important to meditate, but offerings aren't that important or prostrations aren't. And it just means that you really don't believe in those special beings. Because if, if we really appreciated them, we'd be filling up our whole room with flowers and inviting them to come experience them. And that's like when I'm lighting the candle and incense on my altar every morning. That's what I'm doing. I'm inviting these holy beings to come. I'm thinking about that every single time. So it's, and it's really for us, it's a statement that we're waiting for them to come, or we're inviting them to come. Okay, and these are all warm-ups for what? We had to do these things before we could do something else. Do you guys remember what? Mr. No. Purifier, good? good. karma? Uh huh. So these are our warm-ups for purifying ourselves of bad deeds. Which I don't think is—it's not really intuitive that that's what it is. I don't even like—I mean, I remember this now because we're studying it now, but. Um, I I wouldn't have remembered that. So we have to do the other three to get here to the point where we can do the purification. And the warm-ups aren't something just to get out of the way so that you can get to purification. They're really, they're necessary steps. And if, I mean, there wouldn't be anything more sad than one of us becoming a middle-aged Dharma student, and we only halfway tried, and nothing really happened. Like, we didn't try in the right way, or try sincerely, you know? Mm -hmm. To the best of our ability, whatever that is, we can only do that much. But to know that we tried to the best of our ability, because... If we're trying, we might as well do the best that we can and like, put some effort into it because we're not doing anything else at that time. That moment's going to pass. We're not going to have that opportunity again. And if we're just kind of wimpy in the practice, that's what we're going to get is wimpy results. So we're, we're doing the practice, which is great, and we have to just like, do the best that we can as we're doing it. And if it seems like it's not working, then it's, it's usually because we're not doing something right or we left something out. And that's a good time to talk to our teacher about it and, and ask them what they think. And it doesn't mean that it always feels like everything's working amazingly, but at least that we're getting happier and happier along the path that things are, you know, things are smoothing out. doesn't mean that our outside world is smoothing out, but inside it is. Like, even in the Buddha's time, he had terrible things happening to him after he was the Buddha, you know? So it's not like our lives have to look perfect and we're, and we're a failure at Dharma because our life doesn't look perfect. But inside... Our state of mind should be improving. We should be feeling happier and happier. Okay, we're going to the next slide. All right, removing obstacles to get to Bodhicitta. So like we were just saying, preparing and setting up setting things up properly is critical for succeeding in any undertaking. If all the causes and conditions are established and the result has to happen, we cannot stop it. Acquiring bodhicitta is really difficult, and to get it, all of the preliminaries have to be in place. So if we establish the causes and conditions, it must and will arise in our mind. And if we don't, it's not going to. So these, these are just the laws of karma. Prostrating, going for refuge, making offerings are a warm-up to prepare you to purify your mind of bad deeds. So purification is necessary to develop bodhicitta. And if we don't do those warm-ups, then the purification won't work, which is then necessary for us to be able to develop bodhicitta, become a bodhisattva. So to become enlightened, we have to stop collecting negative karma, doing non-virtuous things. We have to eliminate all old bad karma, collect only good karma. And purification is the practice of wiping out old negative imprints or karma. And I think we talk about it in this class, but the reason we have to purify... And why we have to keep purifying is because we can't stop ourselves from doing bad deeds. Anyone who's been practicing for a good enough amount of time knows that. Like, you're still going to do things over and over and over. (laughs) It might get, like, less drastic, but that's why we have to be able to purify, too, because we just can't stop ourselves. (laughs) Thanks Thanks for that message. I appreciate that. (laughs) Why does it make you feel like <laughs> you're...
3: It makes my outlook look um, more optimistic.
2: Okay, good. <laughs> and
3: acceptance
2: to things. hmm So we have to be able to purify the things we keep doing, and we have to clear out all the old bad karma. But as we're studying longer and longer, the things we keep doing, they're not going to be that huge. And we're going to be purifying right away... So it's easier to purify if it's not some, like, old karma that's really deep that we can spend a lifetime trying to purify something. So some of them, you know, can take longer.
0: If we're purifying old bad karma, does that lead to doing less bad deeds in the future? Like, does it clear out, like, that Happen? I mean, like, we're still doing things, but is it kind of...
2: Yeah, for the, with that karmic seed, it will. Yeah, and it
1: and it can take...
2: Like, I don't know if, if you have something specific in mind, but
1: mm-hmm.
2: I have things that I've been trying to clear out that probably, like, forever, you know? Like, since mm-hmm. I've started studying, at least. Yeah. And they just don't really clear out. Like, they get less and less. Um, and there will be a point where, they'll, where it'll clear out, but it's like also those things aren't coming up all the time so we're not working on them all the time so it's kind of good if you have some big thing to really focus on it for a while but not, in, not to become like too obsessed and to feel like what's wrong like why isn't this working it's just you know like we're chipping away at something that's like bigger because it's been around longer so it's grown too but yeah once we destroy that then we we won't have that anymore. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Yeah, it'll be gone. And interestingly, so purification is the practice of wiping out old negative imprints or karma. In the two lower schools of Buddhism, they say it's important to wipe wipe out old karma Once you lie, kill a creature, or steal, you cannot get it out until you experience the full result. So that's what the two lower schools say. They say that if you do something, you can't purify it, basically. But in the Mahayana school, they say there is a way. And some lamas, I'm not really around any other schools, so I don't hear this, but... Some lamas, this is what Geshe Michael said. Uh, some people say that lamas made it up in Tibet, the purifying. And the four forces, they actually come from a sutra, which means what? It comes from a sutra. What does that mean? Yeah. So the Buddha did teach the four forces. So say, Chushi Tempe do. Chushi tempe do. Chushi tempe do. Okay, so this is practice for, which teaches sutra. So that's the sutra which teaches the four practices. So Lord Buddha himself taught the four forces. And this is the name of the sutra which Gelbseb refers to in his teaching of the Four forces, And this is in the Tibetan canon, and you can also read it. It's translated from Sanskrit. So purifying negative mental imprints, say tobshi. 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 Is the Four Forces. And we've gone, I think, do all of us know the four forces? Okay. Um, when the Buddha teaches the four forces... Oh. Okay. So when the, Bo- the Buddha teaches the, teaches the four practices, which are the four forces... So if you have these four elements, you can wipe out negative imprints or karma in your mind. And I can feel this working. So I don't quite understand why their schools would say that it's not valid. Um, but lucky for us, we're in a school who practices it and focuses on it.
0: Well it probably depends on which training the little Sutra was in, right? Yeah.
2: So maybe that's. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's probably true. I think, and maybe he's just saying that and when turning up the wheel for that particular student or. Yeah, and like when
3: the,
0: like, the If it's it planted, and it, it must grow. grow. But in those four, it does not say, unless like, caveat, unless you purify, it doesn't say that. Yeah. So, it's like, that feels very clear and final, and so...
2: Yeah, it does.
0: Yeah. I bet La well, Mami would know. Yeah. Like, if, like, why
3: and
2: Yeah, I bet she would, too. And I don't know... um yeah I just I have no idea because it just doesn't make sense to me otherwise if I guess you just are not getting there in one lifetime because you have a lot of there's a lot of karma to purify so if there's no purification there's no getting there in if you're if that's the belief in what, you know the school you're studying then yeah. there's no getting there in one life and
0: even logically it doesn't really make sense to me because of like the only way purify it is to experience the result how could you prevent from
2: like replanting you know what I mean like logically that doesn't even really make sense yeah hmm. okay so in the diamond cutter sutra the Buddha says you can either completely destroy the karmic seed or you just reduce the effect of it so something that would maybe lead to a hell rebirth you get a headache For example, so if you have some minor disasters in this life after practicing this, don't be surprised, because it's purification, and see if you can find joy in it, which is really hard. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and like in some way, you can think, you can be sure that you're purifying something major. Yeah, does that fit? (laughs) and it's like when you first learn to exercise and all these toxins come out of your body and when they come out then you're pure something like that if nothing disastrous happens you're either pure to start or you're just not doing it very well (laughs) 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 and all four forces have to be present for this to work so we're going to go through the four in a general way this week, and if you know these already, you'll get a lot more detail. And you'll also see that the order is different, but don't worry; it's listed differently in like different orders in a few different places. And this is the way that Master Shanti Deva goes through it. Um, okay. Okay. Four forces say Nampar Sun Jinpei
1: Tobe.
2: Nampar soon
1: Jinpei Tobe. Nampar Sun Jinpei Tobe. Nampar Sun Jinpei
2: top. Rip out, destroy force. So this is the destruction force, which is regret. So Nampar Sun Jinpei is to rip something out from the root in a really nasty way, like to completely destroy it. And in the scripture, they give this example, which you guys may have heard. Three guys go into a bar, and the bartender says, what are you going to have? And he puts down three shot glasses. And they all say they want the same whiskey. So he pulls the bottom the bottle down, pours it into three glasses, and they all do it in one shot. And then suddenly... The guy on the left starts convulsing and chokes and dies. And then the second guy does the same thing. And the third guy starts feeling queasy, but he already drank it. And he's like, oh, I really wish I hadn't done that. He knows what's going to happen. And that's what it means to, to have regret. So it's not, he's not going to be like, oh, I'm such a bad person. That just doesn't make sense. He's just like, I wish I hadn't done that. Man. And then he drops dead. So, <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: so that's I what think it... that's
0: not the result of a lot of our...
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so it's basically, you know you've been trained in how karma is planted in the mind and in one minute to plant the seed to be born in the hell realm just with friends over a cup of coffee is really easy to do so we've had we've had training in karma so we know how it works and it's planted subtly and it grows mm-hmm. and knowing this when you do something big that's wrong you just feel really you feel really bad you feel really sick inside it's not it's not like guilt. It's just like, oh, God, I wish I hadn't done that. Like, I remember this. It's, it's basically, it's the intelligent regret of an educated Buddhist who then goes and does something about it. And I remember, I don't know how long ago this was. It was quite a while ago. But um, I had taken, I don't think I'd taken all my vows, but I'd definitely taken refuge vows I think and um like right outside of my door there appeared like right my front door right up in the corner where I have to kind of like walk under it there appeared like this huge weird spider it was like no spider I've ever seen in Sacramento before it had like a big ball body And I think it was like orange or something. It was like freaky looking. And I'm like, I'm kind of scared of spiders. So I, you know, I've been studying and I didn't want to, I didn't even want to do anything with it because it freaked me out, number one. And it it was big. So I kind of just like dealt with it for a little bit. And then I asked, Oh, and then I was like spraying it with the um, hose to kind of like spray down its web so it would have to come down. And then my neighbor came by while I was doing that. And I let, so I let him use the broom and kind of like get it down, but I think he killed it. I think he did. I'm not sure because sometimes spiders play dead and then they get up and they're fine. But it looked like he did. And so then I was like, oh, God. It was like that feeling. Like I know what I just did. And I had that regret. But that's one of those times where I was happy that the spider wasn't there anymore, too. So, you know, it's like the the change that make it a really strong karma. I had the regret, and I would not do it again. But there was part of me that wasn't unhappy about it. Not that it was dead, but that it wasn't there anymore, mm-hmm. but that's, that's kind of like an example of the guilt. It's not like it's not like, "Oh, I'm a terrible person." You could go to that, but it's more like, "Oh, I just planted this really crappy seed." <laughs> and I have an accomplice. <laughs> <laughs> My dad's the best at, at getting rid of spiders like. He has, like, no fear. He just grabs them and takes them outside. He just, like, walks up, grabs them, puts them outside, and that's it. And they're fine. He doesn't kill him. I'm not like that, but I've gotten a lot better. So it's, like, a regret which leads to action. So I didn't just say, oh, shoot, I wish I hadn't done that. Like, I did a lot of purification on it.
1: And I think I think I even talked to my mommy
2: about that one. And maybe like went and got some um, I don't even know what they're called like fe- maybe they're called feeder fish and released them into the river which they'll probably just get eaten by other fish but yeah like,
0: they're not supposed to live
2: there so they'll just die. Yeah. So yeah, it's I
0: did
2: <laughs> Well, that was my purification, and it worked. <laughs> I think that's what it was. I know I did that for something. So it's regret which leads to action. It's not this guilt that you whine about it and you don't do anything about it. You, d- you know you've put yourself in some dangerous situation, and now you have to do something about it. And I actually do this. I've heard Geshe Michael talk about this in the past, and I'm like, I don't ever do that. But he talks about how you'll, you'll, start to, you'll start to stop mid-sentence when you realize you're about to plant some bad seed. Do you guys, have you noticed yourselves doing this? If you haven't noticed, it doesn't mean that you're not doing it. You'll be in the middle, or you'll be about to say something to somebody, and then you just stop and you kind of like awkwardly change the subject or something like that. And usually the person doesn't say anything. I don't think I've ever had someone say anything actually when I just stop and change the subject. But it's because you realize that, oh, I'm about to say something that I shouldn't say. And it's good, it means that, that it's working. Or you just have to stop talking. <laughs> And once we start to pay attention, we start to think that we've, we've gotten worse um, at keeping our vows, or even, just, even not just, but even the ten non-virtues, which are the ones that we're doing all the time. All the time, throughout the day, every day. So don't be surprised if, if you start paying more attention and you think that you're getting worse. And this one is the one that badly damages the imprint. Regret is behind the destruction. And all of us, this applies to all of us. This is the regret of a person who understands how karma is planted in the mind and how once you've committed a bad deed, you just set yourself up to be suffering something in the future. Some unhappiness that's worse than what you just did too. So this intelligent regret, like we were saying, really different from feeling guilty. And I mean, mostly, I don't know. Guilt is kind of just really annoying. When you you know like when you see someone else feeling guilty, you're like, just like get over it, or you know like do something about it, or. Like, regret, is it just has a different energy to it. Even myself, if I start to notice I'm feeling guilty, which I don't think I do that much because I've heard this so many times, I think I now have more regret than I used to, at least. But, notice, like, notice in yourself. When you start, when you're feeling guilty about something, it's just sort of like, it's not motivating and it's just kind of whining, really, I think. That's how I experience it. So notice it in yourself and see, and see what your experience is. Or when you see other people, like, you know, feeling guilty about something. Because it kind of seems like it's just, yeah, just whining or just, like, complaining over and over about what you did. And not even, like, uh, it's just like, oh, I feel so bad. I did that. It's just, there's an energy to it where it's just, like, depressing. That's kind of what it feels like. Like, I'm a bad person. Which isn't the point of this. Um, okay, we'll go over what the second one, and then we'll take a break. Okay, say, ten gi tob. Ten, ten gi, tob. gi tob. Ten gi tob. Ten, ten gi tob. Gi tob. And this is Foundation of Force. Isn't this really cool? Yeah.
3: That's awesome.
2: I know. I almost can't even believe that this can work, but it looks like it does.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, So the Foundation Force is Refuge and Bodhicitta. Which one, what number is this normally for us? Normally, it's the first one. So this is the foundation which we use to get back up after falling. Let's see how much. Oh, yeah, this is short, so we'll go with this one. Um, So this is the thing upon which something else is resting, like the house resting on a strong foundation. We need something solid or some solid ground to push up off of. So if we fall into quicksand or something mushy, there's no ten or foundation to push ourselves up from. It means to go back to basics. And the, the basics are two, um, which we say in the prayers. What do you think they are? Like we Say them in the opening prayers. taking refuge in emptiness and remembering bodhicitta so we reestablish the correct motivation as our foundation um, or the ground or basis of our behavior I can see how it could work in this order too I'm used to the regret or the um, refuge being first but I can see how this This could flow well, too. So we have to have all forces pregnant. (laughs) We have to have all forces present if we're going to wipe out the old bad karma. And if we leave any out, don't expect it to be cleaned. So we have to remember all four of them. Okay, we'll take a break. (laughs)
0: <laughs> is it cold in here? I don't
2: think so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, well, you have a skirt on, that's yeah. why.
0: No, but it was cold last night and, I oh. night, and like my nose is freezing, like freezing.
2: I don't mind if it's warmer.
0: I don't think that trying to heat up is going to help. I, I think it's oh. something. Like, I need to, like, maybe I'll drink
2: some water. Oh, yeah, that could help. I plugged in the, um, the water thing. When I got here. Okay. So it should be there. Are
0: you um, going to be listening to some class on Saturday? I'm thinking about it. Okay, that's not kind of very committal. But that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm thinking about it as the new no in our culture, uh, so I guess that's what I'm trying how to say. Oh, you out, think which, so? I didn't yeah. hear people saying that. Yeah. Which you don't have to commit, I was just curious. And then, um, I emailed you an invite for next Saturday, we're having a party mm-hmm. at Mark's house, Usually in the evening at so you emailed you did invite to so it like an hour ago. Yeah, oh, so okay, I
3: was like, I did not say anything, that's my email. Yeah. Next,
0: that's the night? Yeah, the night at 5. Okay, I so. think, well, I've actually had a friend of mine,
3: when I was she was going to come this event thing, I oh, was good. like, oh, whoa. That, so that's my uh, additional leaning towards yes. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, Are you going to go? Mm-hmm. What
1: yeah. happened to Ryan? he, he was, was going go to be to Glenn's again.
3: Huh? Did you go to one?
1: Oh, yeah, well, um, December right? Right? yeah. It was, yeah. It was good.
0: Um, it, was good. Um, it was really It nice. was yeah. just like kind something of the foundation, the basics. It so was a lot of new people. Like, probably half and half new. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think, I think it's with the, the, the same thing to yeah. teach an
1: advanced class, and thing. it's, like, more invite-only, yeah. oh, so I think if
0: we like request it, I don't think, don't think so, just, um, but maybe suggest like an it's, an like, an more individual. of an invite-only, yeah. yeah. we yeah. don't post office, but we just send think think because it, because, it. Real. because I, I i feel you, like, I'm cool, real. I like the introduction yeah. from the basics, and just being a different. Yeah, and Please. I know that um,
3: you know she's been doing stuff like this
0: Or, like, you know um, what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Did mm-hmm. Maybe work more on requests because I feel yeah. like that's. Oh, you mean? Like, um, when you've been studying for a while. Like the actual like the, the actual training. <laughs> <laughs>
4: when to make them.
2: So it's like that's
0: what a center to for to make, even make a request. So people in yeah. in um, those occurrences, it's because yeah, you've identified yeah, like, I and then taking uh-huh. Your uh-huh. care of taking a coverage. Yeah, I don't I think everybody's feeling about it's like any need and like kind of, of separated out so. So. Mm-hmm. Oh,
3: yeah. so 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 really the strategy and their experience and needs and then Yeah, and then I'll be like oh okay. So they're not trying to No, I think that's good. You know what I mean? Like they're like I'm different.
1: I'm like, you, you, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like, you yeah. Know. yeah. So, yeah, I just need the request for Are you kind of happy? <laughs> <laughs> not? Or maybe <laughs> <I> don't, <laughs> don't do the request <laughs> for a while. So it's like <laughs> I, I fall
0: into, it's like, I I do not Seventy percent It is. So I I'm doing I don't do a request. And then there's where like, I don't do law my really issue, like it's just I think it's just a distraction. And that's kind of what it was becoming. It was like mm-hmm. I was worrying more so about what was going on with him than. Actually, it's really nice um, to make requests of his response message. Mm-hmm. Because you don't have to. And you're so clear. <laughs> you can make it very clear. It yeah, and it gives you time to get like their response and then kind of like do the MVC really fast yeah. and like compose the message. I think that's the only thing, that.
4: thing that. Well, maybe the one thing you
0: know what I mean? And so, rather than just conversation, just it's just to be getting up there. or
4: to try to Yeah. That. And there's not it's an my,
0: expectation I of, like, couch it as I want to you handle. know, an instant response. Like, people so do. That I not, really it's just not like I'm not responding for, like, 30 control. minutes or something, but, like, the a minute is two. long. Kind of, like,
1: Actually
2: them those too, those or? People, um, yeah, I think it would be good. Because that's what hmm. you're used to. I so know in many ways i Yeah, but they're used but I'm to getting no judgmental demands. And so even though I'm using NBC, like yeah. very formulaically, yeah.
0: that's not necessarily you know, what I formulate. Because uh, um, I don't think i you don't I know. And so like they, like, oh, I'm, I'm not that
4: what isn't helpful in this. Exactly. You know what they <laughs> I'm telling
0: you, you like, to clarify so, yeah. but like, yes. so it. like I'm this is I
4: know, move them instead. So
1: yeah. you're experiencing, sort I know like I
0: Yeah, I know even if it's biggest yeah, interesting interesting
1: like, like to think about it's not coming across that way.
0: Well
2: I noticed like too things. I I can't like I kind of hear mm-hmm. you I hear but this and what you're time? saying. Like but it's um, Probably just yeah. because I lose myself mm-hmm. to yeah. me yeah. not judging
1: you. But, but it's interesting yeah. I look back and I notice
2: like, I that I've been partially in the patient which is sort of similar.
1: Think inviting somebody to
2: something, and if they have, I think clarity, like, they already have plans, like them saying, "Oh, sorry, oh, gosh, I can't do that. And I'm doing, doing this." And then and instead that's of like, "Oh, that's awesome! Thanks for inviting me. And
0: I'm doing so something say that. that's And then later I think about awesome it. It. That I'm super psyched about, and I'm like, mm-hmm. no, no, and "There was, was like,
2: actually like, a really good reason I did that, and it's automatic almost like, I'll think that. I'll just do that." My intention was like, even if selfish right? Right? my boyfriend said that about going and going we back, that wasn't there She was going to Mexico for the next day. I was like,
4: dude, shut up. Thanks for saying that because you know, yeah. that does
2: kind of play for me.
3: It just seems all the yeah. Yeah. especially because you see these And it's like,
4: I just don't know if then... Like, the ads, excitement. It just goes, mm Yeah, that wasn't. Because I guess I do notice that I have... Because they're
3: showing yeah, that they, they cannot to be healthy. And, yeah. uh, and then showing them that you don't have to be yeah. sad. And try to. You mm-hmm.
4: Know, mm-hmm. It's like a secure. Dan, to get to I feel secure that. I It feels like it
3: builds security by almost
4: you know,
3: But I didn't yeah, notice really that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so then previously, somehow. And mm-hmm.
4: like I think it also strange. But I never thought I would do that. So then I start doubting myself. Yeah.
3: I think there, there is times like, oh, so when you have to decline to be sorry, yes. and then times to where like, oh, it's like, no, I just have
0: a real commitment. So like when I'm, I'm, doing I'm doing it, one of my good friends, uh-huh. she's like, she just, just has kids under their adoption body next the weekend. Yeah, which earlier. doesn't mean that. And so I'm that, choosing that. Oh, that's adoption. Yeah, so that's why we're having a party. Yeah. And so and she's going to see Elaine going to her kids' adoption parties, And so I do have...
1: Yeah. And when we talk to them about I don't feel sorry because they, they, a lot of the times time they validate that. that. Yes, but like, yes. so
0: well, I do yeah. want I to make sadness bad. without <laughs> being like, and I'm, I'm
3: like, like, sorry, I'm sorry kind about, about, about it. Like, thank you for saying yeah. that yeah. because I, I
0: kind feel of, like said like about your head that
2: as well. because we have an event for the people's brain club. I think like back okay, and I, like, oh I did that that help guide, like, that day, you yeah. know, and yeah. it's, like, I just, oh, I, mean, I feel sadness sad we just the the place that one. Yeah. Yeah. Because I can't really remember in the present yeah.
0: what my mm-hmm. motivation was. I have to think about it a little bit. Yeah. So, so when I feel it, really like I have to remember reality right? reality of the I'll just
1: feeling... No, maybe that's go, why it it's the difference in oh, acknowledging the feeling like, rather than like, apologizing. It's like, like judging
0: yeah. and doing your best. And when I think, I work, think
1: about so it, and, it, and I
0: actually, when you, you, you say, oh, upper. I'm sadly like, it. it's just acknowledging the feeling.
1: Yeah. That yeah. Happy. And so maybe that's where, like, maybe that's where you can to produce that. And it
0: wasn't easy. It's like, I apologize was sorry, actually. Sorry,
2: In times so, like where I'm feeling down. like I've done something wrong. you know I can yeah, you like can, you have almost use it as you're like, finding like yeah. it's
1: yeah. What oh, is it so like, like body really you so bigger. feeling like oh, this yeah. because
2: yeah. of this?
0: And a lot yeah, of times yeah. it's not what we like support you in that. Yeah. And exactly. then it kind it's of community. Like my mind is I'm asking How, like okay, we either do it in the way like more I have needs and only my needs matter or you have needs.
3: to like what's right. like working for you or you know what I mean
0: because it's not in professional setting it's like, yeah, not quite so but like sorry is like oh I'm so excited like that's all that is they're so still here but they're, they're, they're neutral fit. I guess yeah, yeah It's I mean, like I it kind of something looked a little, a little bit but I didn't not want to reel too close because they were deep oh yeah like getting into people's personal business so, <sighs>
1: Yeah, I know.
2: They're still up the wall by the window, but over there, they're like way less even than when I got here today.
4: There was like one or two in the trash can, but not, I yeah. it not like we... it was.
2: Yeah, there's a cluster of them right there.
0: I know, it's like they're attached to something. Either, I hope, either something sticky and they're stuck, or there's some kind of food and they're
2: eating it. Maybe they're globbing into a, a monster ant. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a spider at first, actually, because it's all like. Oh, and you're
0: scared of spiders, so you're like on the island.
2: I'm not them, that so. scared of them anymore, but I, but if they're really creepy, I am.
3: I woke up one day.
2: Don't even uh, tell me there is a spider on you.
3: No. Okay. On the island, I had like what looked like a little,
2: like perfect spider. Oh
1: God.
3: I'll just tell you how it happened. Such
2: a perfect bark. <laughs> it's so creepy. That's the creepy things with spiders. I cannot sleep if there's one in my room.
4: So on New Year's Eve when we did the puja, I purified,
0: killing. Um, oh, I'm so sorry. Purified, killing insects because yeah, I oh, talked good. to about it and she said, oh, just purify, purify,
4: purify, even if you know that you know it's not like something you're going to be able to prevent. Just pur- so I, you know I. Did, and I included that in and did that. And then, literally, the next morning I woke up and I moved, and I had pillows on the side of me, you know, to, that it helped keep my back in line and everything. Well, I lifted one of the pillows up, and there was a dead spider under the pillow in the bed. Eh. And I thought to myself, oh my God, I just purified all of this. And then last night I rolled over and I squished the floor. I felt so. Horrible. Then I and then I went and killed another one completely by accident. And luckily, I mean, if it had been bigger, I probably would have been a little bit more like, "Yeah, okay, I'm sorry I killed you, but I'm glad <laughs> you didn't wake." But then I I told somebody when I came back and they're like, "You're lucky you didn't wake up and was like not sitting right on your oh, nose." Oh God. Like, <laughs> yeah. So it's it was just interesting when you said that. I'm Purified it and then boom, there
2: was another one right there. I know, but that that's lacking, like completely lacking intention. Yeah. You know, so it's like, yeah. I know it's not a huge,
4: but there's still.
2: Well, maybe he just had a heart attack or something.
4: Natural causes. <laughs> I know. could he just smothered himself underneath
3: the pillow, and
2: I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> he committed nothing. suicide. <laughs> <That's>
3: true.
2: <laughs> Um, okay. What are we on? Okay, so which which ones do we do so far? Number one. Yep. And now number three, say Njempo Kuntu Chupe Top. Njempo kuntu chupe top.
0: Njempo kuntu chupe tope.
2: Nyanpo kuntu chupe tope. Okay, so this is Antidote activity force. And this is the antidote force. Undertaking an activity to make up for what you did. So we'll we'll do an example after we do all four. The force of doing something to make up for the bad thing that you did. It's not... So it's not that you're bad... It's very... Karma and the way it works and the four forces are very cold and calculated. Every bad thought today planted a bad seed in your mind. And then this is the science of destroying those. That's what we're doing. So we're going through these steps. And like... I mean, we talked about this before, but we can't control ourselves. We have to become masters of removing bad karma. Because we just can't... We can't stop doing it until... I you know, until we're, yeah, probably good <laughs> <laughs> at least seen least I have seen emptiness directly. So these next six, are they on here? Oh, yeah. yeah. Are all part of number three. These are six antidote activities. They're so like six ideas for what you can do as an antidote. Number one, say, do de sambo la tempa. La tempa. La tempa. La tempa.
1: La tempa. So
2: this is sutras, or profound study. So when we're doing this study, we have to have in mind that we're doing it for the purpose of purifying the negative seeds, or the specific misdeed or mistake that we made. And it doesn't have to be very long, even just like 10 or 15 minutes of study is good. The second one, say tongpa ni gompa. Tongpa ni gompa.
1: Tongpa ni gompa. Tongpa ni gompa. gompa. Okay,
2: so tongpa ni is emptiness, gompa, of meditating. I guess it's of meditating in a doubt. So basically, Meditate on emptiness, and this one is the most powerful antidote that you can do, and it's pretty easy. You don't have to have anything with you to do it. You just do it in your mind with the training that you have, and if we study emptiness carefully, then we can understand bad karma perfectly. We'll never understand it really until we understand emptiness, and we just meditate on it to the best of our ability at that point. Number three, say Denpa La Tempa. Denpa La Tempa.
1: Denpa La Tempa.
2: Denpa La Tempa. Repeat practice, which, which refers to reciting secret mantras. And we can't talk about secret mantras because they're secret. So basically, we have to have an initiation. And if we want to study it, then we finish these courses. According to Master Dharma Dharmakirti, in order for a mantra to work... It must have been composed by a very holy being, so you can't just have made up the mantra. And the person who's reciting it must have a good heart and a pure motivation.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. If we're thinking crappy things while we're reciting the mantra, then it's not going to work. If both of these elements are present, then mantras can be incredibly powerful. I would never even consider making up my own mantra maybe people do would you guys think of doing that I wouldn't even like it wouldn't the thought wouldn't even cross my mind I'm just gonna make up my own mantra
0: (laughs) I mean maybe like in English or something
2: like the English translation or
0: yeah or just like you know cause like we'll say mantras mantra is like I'm strong you know like that's a mantra Mm -hmm. and so that's made up but I mean not really like it is but it isn't so I could I don't think I would make up like a Sanskrit mantra yeah or just
2: yeah, yeah,
4: and I think in Western society, like you're saying, you know, I'm strong, it, you know, in a way, I think we call it a mantra, although mm-hmm. it's really more like an affirmation.
0: Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm. So I think there's a confusion in, mm-hmm. our, in our language here what a is, of yeah. what it is. So. Mm-hmm.
2: so if both elements are there, that's a, made by a holy being, and we have a good heart, your motivation, uh, then the mantra will be really powerful, Mm -hmm. and we can do almost anything with that mantra.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. To use the mantra for purification, we have to think of the bad deed, wish to purify it, and then recite the mantra. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And sometimes it's really hard to keep your mind on what you're purifying while you're reciting a mantra. So you just do it to the best of your ability. So only
0: the secret mantra for purification?
2: That's what this is, that's what he says. Mm-hmm. And Gish Michael talks about that. He said they went back and confirmed that it was secret mantras, not just any mantra. And it, he, they didn't say why. Um, but I sometimes do, like, I've done, like, the oh, money, my home, mantra or mm-hmm. something like that. As an antidote force. Or
4: like, if we were doing Vajrasattva? I mean, that—that's that's not considered a secret mantra.
2: Uh, I believe there is a secret way of doing, ah, okay. or a secret version. Okay. But no, the one, the the one that's not secret. Is the non-secret version. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 I just meant, meant would be
4: reciting that. It's a purification so I think, practice, though, right? So.
2: Yeah, it is a purification practice. Okay.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't know. Okay. But
0: it has a whole visualization
1: and stuff, yeah. too. So maybe
2: that's, mm-hmm. that's different than just saying the mantra. Right. So I guess based on this, Personally, I, I mostly stick to thinking about emptiness,
3: mm-hmm.
2: meditating on it. The fourth one, say Kus, kusok tempa. Kusokla tempa. Kusuk tempa. 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 And this is holy body practice. And this is practice of the holy bodies. This means making altars, statues, paintings, stupas, and so on of images and forms of holy beings. And if you have the time or the inclination, it's really sweet to, to create an image of a holy being. Just whoever you choose. Um,
3: number
2: five, say Chupa La Tempa. Chupa, Chupa la, tempa.
1: la Tempa.
2: Chupa La Tempa. This is offering practice, the practice of giving offerings, and we can take this throughout our whole day. Lama Elaine talks about this a lot, and it kind of feels fake when we're doing it, but but it's not fake. It's just as real as anything else we're doing. Nothing is self-existent. So we can think, um, I'm brushing my teeth for the benefit of other beings. So you can take it as far as you want. So I have good hygiene, so I don't have to have dental work done, Then I'm going to have to then rely on other people, or be a burden, or I'm going to be grumpy because I'm going to be in pain. or You know, like you can take it as far as you want, but in some way, everything we're doing, we can think about that we're doing it for other beings. And it's just as valid as the selfish thought that we're doing it for ourselves. But we think the selfish thought is more true because we're used to it I think. So both of them equally whatever intention it's just something that we're labeling. Both of them are labels. Both of them are changing things. Neither of them are self-existent. They're basically interchangeable. So good intention just as valid, just as true as bad intention. Even if we feel more of a tie to the bad intention because we're used to it more. We can think that with when we're eating, like I'm eating this meal so I can be, I can have energy and be present when I'm interacting with people. Or I'm going to sleep so that I can be well rested and I can take care of people tomorrow. You can think this with everything. I remember Mama Elaine talking about I'm taking a shower. You're washing away the negativities of all beings. We're opening the door to enlightenment, which it's a little different flavor, but you know, opening the door to enlightenment so that I can get there and help all beings. Mm -hmm. Shutting the door on suffering so that all beings are out of suffering. So you can think, I'm doing these things for all sentient beings, and it's not it's not untrue. I think we kind of think it's fake, or like, are just pretending when we're doing it, you know. But it's but it's just as it's just as valid as any other intention that we have. Okay, number six. Sen la
3: tempa.
2: Sen, Sen, la, tempa. Tempa. Sen la tempa. Sen la tempa. Name practice. This is practice the names. Learning and reciting the names of holy beings with devotion. Just to recite the name of a holy being is a big virtue. And when you find your enlightened holy being in this life, which everyone has one, so it would be your teacher, just saying their name is great good karma. I wonder if that's where
0: Hmm. Even though it's like in mantra form, with the
2: yeah, right. would, um, yeah, I think Badra, yeah, Badra Samba would, I think that would fit there. Yeah. So yeah, with the that mantra would still work, but just for a different reason.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. Now we're on to the fourth. The fourth force. Nipa le larndokpe tob.
1: Nipa le Doke tob.
2: Nipa le larndokpe tob.
1: Nipa le larndokpe tob.
2: Bad deed, turn away from, and force. This is restraint force. So You can kind of feel like this is what you're doing to your mind. <laughs> <laughs> You have to like tackle it and hold it down and try not to do something. This is the resolution to not do the deed again. And this is really the hardest one, not to do it again. (laughs) (laughs) And this is the one which makes the four forces work. And up to this point, people can say, oh, it's very convenient that you can plant these seeds and you can just purify them. So you can just do whatever crappy thing you want, and then you purify it. And if this force wasn't in there, then that would be true. But it is. So it's not just that you're doing it over and over again. It's to purify it, you're saying you're not going to do it, at least for a specific period of time. And you don't want... I've heard this so many times, so... I'm thinking this is probably the way to go, but you don't wanna add lying on top of your four forces. So if you can't restrain yourself from doing the deed ever again, which deeds of body, you may be able to say, I will never do this again. Deeds of speech, a little less certain. Deeds of mind, really hard. Like, you can, I mean, if, if you've ever done the four forces, you've probably broken, broken it while you're doing the purification, especially if it's of mind. Mm-hmm. So it's good to, I mean, you can't, like like, you can keep your body in one place and not do something of body, at least for five minutes or something, you know. Mind, it's really hard to hold the mind. So make a realistic amount of time that you're not going to do something for. Like if it's something like killing a person, you can probably not do that for your whole life, and be really certain. I will. I'm not going to do that. And you just know, uh, thinking a bad thought about somebody. Mm, unlikely we're going to be able to keep that for maybe, maybe two minutes, depending how strong the affliction is. Maybe, maybe five seconds. Who knows. So you resolve not to do the bad deed for a realistic amount of time. And yeah, this is interesting. In general, the more classes that you come to, you're gonna pick up more and more practices. And so Geshe Michael, he tried to do all the practices that he was supposed to do in one day. He tried to do them all in one day. And he got up at 4 a.m. and by midnight he still wasn't finished. So he thinks it's not he thinks it's not possible to do them all in one day. And I kind of I agree. Basically you want to simplify and don't overcrowd your process, your process, your practice, cuz you'll just end up being nervous and not even thinking about or paying attention to what you're doing. And every day we're collecting huge amounts of karma, mostly non-virtuous. So doing purification just once in a while, it's not gonna be enough. You need to do it every single day. And if you have a meditation practice in the morning, you can do your purification then in the preliminary steps to meditation. You can do it right before you go to bed, hopefully throughout the day too. But at least do it once. Because, I mean, like the pace that we're collecting, negativities and all the negativities we have, if we just do it once in a while, it's not going to keep up. We We won't be cleared out. And we don't have to be in meditation to do the four forces. We can do it wherever we are. Like if you have extra time in the line at the grocery store. Or if you're sitting in traffic. Or even just driving. Or getting ready for work in the morning. Whatever. And there's all these stories about Master Atisha where wherever, wherever he was, if he had a bad thought, he would stop and purify it. Which you can just, I mean, his mind's probably a lot more controlled than mine is. But you can just imagine what that would be like because there's stories of him traveling with his entourage and every time he had a bad thought, he had to get down off of his horse, do his purification and then get going again. Let's see where we are. Uh, you're, you're
4: supposed to-
1: Because yeah. as you said, we're accumulating
4: well, so much all the time. It's kind of like, well, how do if I try to think of each and every bad deed? How can I ever catch up? It was kind of like the thought that came to my mind. Of,
2: yeah, well, you. I think you start with the big things, and for things that are maybe from a past life, you're not really going to know exactly what you did, so you can kind of purify like say there's a habit I have a habit of lying I can just and it's not I don't feel like it's from anything I've done in this life it feels like an old pattern so in general I can just purify whatever I did that planted those seeds which was probably lying in the past so you can do like general purification um but then in Usually we have like more than enough things that we can remember that we can we can work on those things at least throughout the day and then more on retreats and when we have more time or fire pujas and that sort of thing are really good to do. And then we can kind of think of the deeper habits or the, the things, the deeper imprints that we feel like we have from past lives or even just from earlier in this life that we don't really remember what we did. So you can do general purifications too. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. So who has, does anyone have an example of, of something that we could purify? It can be a personal example or it can just be general. Like something that you would use the four forces for. A <laughs> <laughs> Not to call anybody out. <laughs> okay, so what's the first force in this list? Regret. regret. Okay, so what would what does regret look like? in that situation.
0: In the spider situation?
2: I cried. Oh. <laughs> so like, oh, I wish I hadn't done that. It's
4: like, oh I wish I'd known it was there.
2: <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, trying to get like the feeling of the regret when you're doing it. You can start to go kind of quick with the purification, but it's good to take your time sometimes, too, so you can get, like, the more you get the feeling of it, I think the better it works, it feels like it at least. And then the second one is what? Second force.
4: Refuge.
2: Refuge. So what would that look like? You're taking refuge in, do you remember? Two things. And refuge, aka like the main thing we take refuge in, our understanding.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So, taking refuge in emptiness and thinking about bodhicitta. So, you can think about you can think more about the karmic side of it too like oh I just planted a crappy seed and you know I've, I've committed to becoming a bodhisattva to take care of all beings and, that's, and this is the opposite of that it, for me it just naturally flows that then you go into regret because that's how I usually do it So, then the third force is what? Mm -hmm.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. So, undertaking an activity to make up for what you did. I mean, we've all killed many spiders, I'm sure, on purpose or an accident. Mm -hmm. So, what would be a makeup activity for what we did?
0: Saving a spider.
2: And there's these.
0: Feeding the spider?
2: Mm-hmm. Ew. <laughs> oh, wouldn't
4: that mean I'd have to kill a fly or something? I know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so we could think about emptiness again. Mm-hmm. We could do some sort of study, offering practice. Mm-hmm. So in the case of the spider it could be the next time I see a spider I'm going to be really gentle with them mm-hmm. or I'm going to say mantras for the spider um, I'm going to think Good thoughts about the next spider that I see, or I'm. I'm gonna be, yeah, gentle or kind.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And then the fourth one. Oh, um. Restraining. Yep. Stop for a second. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not gonna do that bad deed for however long I cannot do it for and I mean it's really hard if it was an unintentional one too but I'm not gonna um, harm another spider for the next five minutes Mm -hmm. or the next year or the next two days whatever whatever you can do and then there's he doesn't mention this here but there's the fifth which is rejoicing awesome I'm purified of this totally cleansed and purified and it's important to believe you're completely cleansed and purified it helps with the purification maybe next day you feel like you're not purified so you do it again but it's important to believe that you are it makes a difference so try it try completely believing I am totally purified don't let the doubt come in. Don't let the other thoughts come in. Just be strong and think that. And you'll feel the energetic quality of, of that as opposed to being kind of wimpy about it and like, yeah, I'm purified, but I'm going to have to do it again, or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Just kind of, It just kind of um, is like a downer. <laughs> Okay. Do we have another? We do have one more slide. Okay. So does that make sense with the four powers? Mm -hmm. So it's the four R's. What's the first one? Second. The third.
0: And
2: the fifth, or the fourth. And then rejoice. So they're all ours. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't usually, I have a hard time remembering, like, because it's called, yeah, there's remedy, but there's another word that some people use for it. And then there's, like, restitu- restitution, like the make. Yeah, So I have a hard time with those words. They, I kind of get confused. I just think, like, I'm not going to do it for a specific time, and I'm going to do makeup activity. That's how I think of them but maybe at first it's helpful to have, like, the four R's in mind. So you can do these with anything and just start practicing them. Practice it tonight, even if you have other practices that you're normally doing. Just do it tonight right away. Like, you can even, on your drive home, on your walk home, just start doing it right away get in get in the habit So there's a homework question: What is the general thing that triggers regret? So say gyupa, gyupa.
0: gyupa. 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 gyupa.
2: There's different kinds of regret, and we're going to go over the different ways that karma can ripen them. Regret focused on what we did in this life before we die. So we have to kind of understand the three results of karma and what we get. And Gelt Subjay doesn't talk about what they are here, but we're gonna go over them. Basically we're okay, we're planting bad seeds by saying something, doing something, thinking something. Something that can hurt someone or could lead us to hurt someone. Getting irritated at someone doesn't necessarily hurt them, but it could lead us to doing something that hurts them. And really, the only thing that we need to plant a bad imprint in our mind is to be aware. That's all we need. Nothing else needs to be happening. Karma is planted just by having consciousness. When we see ourselves saying, doing, or thinking something. That's when we're planting karmic seeds. The whole entire world, this room, this city, each of our faces, our body, everything, our imprints flowering and ripening and creating our whole world. The entire world that we see are imprints that are firing off in our mind or going off in our mind caused by what we did before. And therefore, we can manipulate our whole world, but we have to get rid of the crappy imprints that we have in order to do that. Whenever we say, do, or think something, three things are going to happen. Number one... Say, na-mingi-debu. Na-mingi-debu.
1: Na-mingi-debu.
2: Na-mingi-debu. Doesn't that sound like a... It seems like a different language, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Tibetans like that for me. Sometimes the words I'm like, this sounds totally different. Um, this is a ripening of karma. It specifically refers to the realm you're going to go to. For, so firstly, which... We've covered before. Our mind doesn't stop when we die. It's completely untrue. There's not any evidence for it. It's a myth. The body dies. It's related to the mind. But not so much that the mind stops too. The mind is clear. It's aware. It's awareness itself. It's not the same thing. Your mind goes on and it doesn't end. So the body is going to die but the mind is going to go somewhere it has to go somewhere. It won't just it's not just going to sit at the hospital with the dead body. And it doesn't make any sense at all to say that the world you're experiencing now is the only world there possibly could be. Although I think most of us probably think this. If this world can happen then it's possible that any world can happen. And it's, it's not logical to think that we'll end up back here in our next life either. What's the likelihood that we would come back to this planet when there's millions of different realms that we could go to? This kind of, you know, like low level, half happy, half sad, half broke, um, every, you know, like half credit card, whatever it is, it's not the only level of reality. The, the level that we're living here. The first kind of regret that Master Shanti Deva goes into is why do we do bad deeds? Why do we lie? Why do I lie at work? Why do I lie to people I'm in relationships with? Why, why do we do that?
0: It's, like, karmically? Why
2: karmically? N- well... No, like, what is our motivation? Why would we ever lie?
3: Fear of rejection. There's so many reasons. You could lie and pr- protect yourself. protect
0: Yeah,
2: it's basically because we think we're going to get something. Yeah,
0: We're going to get a good result from lying. Uh-huh. If we think back. You know, it's going to bring us happiness. Yeah, and it's a result that benefits
2: us. Yeah, mm-hmm. and getting something could be avoiding something, too. So what exactly is it that we get? Because the mind goes on, no matter what happens to the body, the mind will be full of all these things that we did, all these crappy things that we did for this body that we no longer have with us. So it's like we, we spent all this time doing all these bad deeds for this physical form that we're going to leave anyways. That ultimately the body is is going to Um, betray us really (laughs) it's like when you wake up from a nice dream what does anything in that dream mean anymore Mm -hmm. usually we can't even remember and then even if we do remember some of it we try to go back into the dream we can't go back into it once we wake up it doesn't matter and so what he's talking about here with the dream is the moment of death and all those lies that we told to protect this body are totally useless, we have, and we have to carry them with us. We're going to have to bear the consequences, even though the thing that we lied for is gone. Even you know, if we lied to protect our family, we're stuck with the consequences, but at a certain point, all those people will be gone too. And all those people that, even that we lie to because we think we're helping them, all, all of them are going to be gone. Not only are we going to be gone, they're all going to be gone too. So it's completely useless to ever do anything like that. We don't, our mind doesn't usually think that way. So that's the first argument. The second argument there's this man in India who is sentenced to have his hand cut off. And on the morning that the guards grab the guy, he's screaming, he's begging not to have his hand cut off, and he can't get away from them. And Master Shanti Deva, this gets Master Shanti Deva thinking if knowing that your finger or hand were going to be cut off, you become a different person, your face changes because of fear, because of anguish. You act completely differently. And then he says, well, what do you think happens when you die? It'll be 20 times greater than that at death. You're not just losing a hand. You know, you're losing your whole life. And when you really know you're going to die, you struggle and you fight, and there's a certain fear at death, a special mental, part mental, part physical pain, And there's nothing else like that. And I, and there's a practice of um, POA, which some people, are you guys familiar? Mm
3: -hmm.
2: It's basically where you're gonna become, you're gonna become free at death. You're gonna be able to practice at death and become free in a way. And what Master Shanti Deva says here is, forget it, you'll be in a panic at death. If you're waiting for that in order to practice or in order to reach awakening, it's very unlikely. Because in that moment, you think of all the things that you regret and the serious bad deeds that are going to have their effect, all of that comes up at the moment of death. So in the middle of that pain, this regret will come up. So try to get that regret now and then purify everything. So you don't want to get to the moment of death, and then that's when it all comes up.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You can't purify anything then. You, you just don't have time. And that's the point of the death meditation. is to motivate you and then you purify everything and at the moment of death, you're ready to go. You don't have any regrets. You don't have any crappy karmic seeds that you're carrying around with you anymore. You're completely cleaned out. And we don't know when we're gonna die so we have to do the four forces now. And do them, do purification as much as we can. And the last thing Master Shanti Deva says As you get older, you begin to focus on what will happen after you die, and you can start to see that even things that we do in this life, anything we get by hurting someone is complete, is just stupid. It's just stupid for us to do. If we get something to eat or a job, we um, like jump over someone else to get a job, or we hurt someone to get food or even if it's just like kind of cutting in front of someone in line or whatever it is it's not bringing us anything that we want we think it is but it's, but it's not it's just planting some negative seed that we're going to have to realize the effect of at a, at a later time and we get I think we get this sense like I was thinking of my sister when i was younger and if i did like something crappy to her because i wanted the last dessert or something like that it the dessert wasn't even ever that good because i just felt kind of bad about it you just feel kind of crappy doing things like that so even what we get in the moment there's some sense of like ickiness to it because we know we did something that wasn't clean to get it And then Master Shantideva, he describes all the realms possible to be born in. When we transition to the next life, there's nothing we can do about it then. We're stuck there and it's too late. And at that point, we get some other kind of regret when we show up in that realm. And if you, if you believe the scriptures, the realm that we're in is a really good one to be in because we have a good balance of... Um, suffering and of happiness so that we can not be too complacent and we're not in too much turmoil that we can't practice. So we have like the perfect mixture that pushes us to want to practice. number 1 number 2 you get a similar payback this one's pretty straightforward if you lied you'll be lied to and i find myself ju- actually judging people for this sort of thing but um like if you have friends who are always being lied to or something something's like always happening to them and you think it's their fault you know mm-hmm. i i think this about a lot of people mm-hmm. It's, it's because past karmic seeds are, force, are forcing them to experience that. We have things that we're being forced to experience as well. It's probably just not that same thing, otherwise we wouldn't be judging them. So that's how the result can be explained. If they're being lied to all the time, they lied in a past life. If I'm being lied to all the time, I lied in a past life. It's not a judgment, it's simply the way karma works. It's not that it's not they're a bad person. We're all doing the ten non-virtues all the time. It's just that's like the particular flavor of what's coming up right now. It's not
0: punishment.
2: Right. And number three, the environmental result. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we hear this one over and over with sexual misconduct. You'll, you'll live in a place that smells. And it's possible to live in a place that smells and, this, and like you don't have a good sense of smell, or it doesn't bother you at all. So that wouldn't be a ripening of that seed. But if you live somewhere that smells, maybe no one else thinks it smells, actually. That's, that's what that's a ripening of. And you, Gester Michael brings up this example, Especially if you've traveled to third world countries or um, places in Asia, which I I haven't really, but it's like a whole country that smells like that. That's the that's the karma of that. And we have we have our own negativities here. It's not like we're all pure and clean. Um, whether there's bumps on your street, potholes in your street, if it rains a lot, if There's people who are noisy outside of your house. The garbage truck comes too early. All of these things are because of our karmic seeds. That's where they're all coming from. And so like we were just talking about, this class is totally a waste if you don't go home and do some purification. And it really, purification really works. It's, I mean, it's just silly not to try it. And not to do it over and over. Because it's something you can easily do just in your mind when your mind would normally be thinking about some stupid thing that's probably never going (laughs) to (laughs) happen. Or
0: something that already did happen.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Like, we know what that brings. So we might as well try doing something different. And just see how it goes. And if you stick with it, it will work. But practice it tonight, at least once. Do it in the car, on the way home, or when you leave the room. Don't put it off. Don't wait. Dedicate, ending with the prayers. Just have, your, yeah, just have your dedication in mind. Feel like you're offering all of this goodness. And like you can feel the power of the teachings coursing through your body. Golden light giving you the power to practice. And keeping that in mind as Lauren leads the closing prayers.
1: Sashi, puki, chuk shing, me tov in day, pa. Sangye Shingdhu Mitte Uvargi Jokun Namdhar Shingla Chupar Shok Yidam Guru Radnam Andhava Kam Niri Yathayami Sunam Yeshe Sok Sok Shing Sunam yeshe lejungwe tampa kuni tau